Hello, this is Dr. Ken Sharlin, and today we'll be mapping memory on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Kenneth Sharlin. Dr. Sharlin is a board-certified neurologist, consultant, functional medicine practitioner, assistant clinical professor, researcher, author, and speaker. His medical degrees are from Emory University, the University of Virginia, and Vanderbilt University. He is the author of the number one bestseller, The Healthy Brain Toolbox, Neurologist Proven Strategies to Improve Memory Loss and Protect Your Aging Brain. His most recent publication, Reversal of Cognitive Decline, 100 Patients, can be found in the peer-reviewed journal of Alzheimer's and Parkinsonism, and he has been the primary investigator in several pharma-sponsored clinical trials that have helped bring new therapeutics to market. Dr. Charlin practices general neurology and directs his functional medicine program, Brain Tune-Up, in Ozark, Missouri. Welcome, Dr. Charlin, to the 15-Minute Matrix. Well, thank you, Andrea. I am very excited to be on your podcast show. So let's see how we do today talking about memory. I really appreciate your wholly functional approach to cognitive disorders. And I'm wondering if you could start us out today just by talking about what we mean when we say memory. Well, you know, at my heart, I am a clinician. I'm a board certified neurologist MD, and I've been doing neurology even much longer than I've been a functional medicine doctor, although now I can say I've been doing that for several years. So patients come to me with concerns about their memory. Maybe they're accompanied by a spouse who says, you know, we have these conversations. He or she, the husband or wife, will ask the same questions over and over again. What are we doing today? We're going to the doctor. Five minutes later, what are we doing today? We're mm -hmm. going to the doctor, right? Or perhaps they are losing things frequently or they are have forgotten how to do something that is maybe more of a learned skill and something they're quite familiar with or become disoriented in a familiar place or using the wrong words or forgetting the names of people that are familiar to them. So we recognize that as a red flag. Something is wrong with memory and really beyond that, because when we talk about these cognitive disorders, we're not just talking about a short-term delayed recall. We may have problems with language. We may have problems with abstract thinking. We may have problems with visual spatial skills. And for example, you may have your patients draw a clock, put the numbers around, you know, in the clock, say, make the time 10 past 11. Can they do that? That's mm -hmm. a visual spatial skill. We use memory. It's kind of a colloquialism, but we really mean more than memory. 
And if we look at the left side of the matrix and think about the ATMs, the antecedents, triggers, and mediators, are there particular antecedents that you see at play for those who are having this cognitive decline? Well, certainly, and especially when we do talk about Alzheimer's disease as a diagnosis, most people have heard of ApoE4, apolipoprotein epsilon 4. There are, in fact, other genetic risk factors. That's just the one that is most well-described and famous. But people who carry this genetic variant, and that's about a third of the population that carries at least one copy of ApoE4, they do have at least a threefold risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And that risk is, of course, amplified by multiple triggering events in life. What are those major triggers that you have found? Of course, it's many of the things our fellow practitioners are familiar with. Yeah. We start with the classic functional medicine timeline and we're interested in the period of pregnancy and time of birth of the patient were they born by cesarean section or by vaginal birth were they healthy infants were they breastfed you know mm -hmm. were they given the antibiotics etc cetera, etc cetera, moving forward in life what were their early life stressors what did they eat growing up? Did they have particular infections and so forth? So all of the standard uh, triggering events in terms of lifestyle factors are, are red flags for us to understand what might be contributing from that viewpoint. And then, of course, there are environmental factors as well. Yeah, it's so interesting, I think, that when we look at memory and cognitive decline, that we get so attached to the genetics or to things like aluminum in our culture, you know, that looks like there's one thing when, in fact, as you're saying, it's multifactorial. And when we take a multifactorial approach in our clinical resolutions, we actually see more or better results. How do you talk to your patients about taking a more functional approach to remedying the problems that they're experiencing? You know, functional medicine really is a culture shift. And yes. in fact, as people like yourself who are making these podcasts were those who are doing the docu-series yes. or summits because our patients really are getting on the internet and engaging with these various forms of media. And so many of them have come in, they come in to see me and they've done their homework already. They've perhaps read Dale Bredesen's book, they've read yep. my book, they've read Terry Walls's book. Yep. They have you know, done the Broken Brain Summit. So that is a huge help, that pre-education of the patient. You know, I still say we unfortunately reach a very, very small percentage of the overall mm -hmm. population, and it's quite unfortunate, but we're doing a great job and we're making gains. This thing that we call functional medicine is really a story that we yes. tell our patients. And story is so powerful. You know, the timeline is a story, the matrix is a story. But we also tell ourselves a story as human beings. And so how we connect as practitioners to that story 
and sort of help our patients reach the aha moment when they go, oh, yeah, you know, I can see that now and see how that could be important. And yes, I do want to make that change. And have they gone through enough of those steps from pre-contemplation to contemplation and so forth so that they're really ready to engage that functional medicine experience and make the lifestyle changes, address the environmental factors, and ultimately reverse their cognitive decline. Yeah, you said that so well, Dr. Charlin. And I think that what's so beautiful about what you said is how much empathy there is in what you stated and what happens when we share story and reflect story back to our clients and patients. What really is allowed to happen for them in their transformative journey. Let's shift and kind of talk a little bit more about the physiology, what's going on in the body, what we can do about it. I know you take a, an approach that looks at many different factors. If we're thinking about nutrition, my favorite topic, and look about the vitamins, the minerals, the fatty acid imbalances, what are you commonly seeing in those deficiencies that you're addressing with memory issues? Well, some of the common deficiencies, as you can imagine, imagine, fall within that methylation pathway of folate, B6, B12. Right. You do also see a lot of low zinc, low iodine, low magnesium, low vitamin C. It's sort of across the board. And fortunately, as you know, the standard American diet is awful. Yes. And even those of us who are really much more dialed in and thinking about an anti-inflammatory diet and focusing on nutrient density, it's really very hard to meet optimal levels with food alone. Even though I very much take a food first approach with my patients, I have a registered dietitian, 20 years experience working with my patients. We see some very let me just say food experienced patients yes. in my practice. <laughs> yes. And we still find, you know, imbalances. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So those imbalances, then you're, su you're supporting with the appropriate supplementation for that individual. 100%. And you know, if there's a certain aspect, there's a certain magic, if you will, to supplements, they're very enamoring to folks. And of course, the ability to, you know, just go to your then I'm not endorsing going to CVS or Walmart or anywhere like that to buy supplements. But the point is that wherever we shop, they're easily purchased. And sometimes at a certain level, we feel like if I just take that, it's going to make things better. Of course, you and I know that probably is not going to be the case. And I remind my patients that supplements are just that. They are supplemental to the main work that needs to be done in functional medicine. And, and, and it really is a lot of work. It's not an easy solution, whether we're talking about you know, Hashimoto's thyroiditis or we're talking about reversing cognitive decline. It is gonna be a process. So they're tools, not simply the only solution. In fact, there, there probably is lower hanging fruit that we need to address. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that food first approach is so important and all too often overlooked. So thank you for prioritizing that. And of course, when we're looking at food, it's so individual. We have to think about how that person's blood sugar is responding to the foods that they're eating, whether there are particular allergies or sensitivities. Is that a part of the process in looking at memory issues? In terms of food sensitivities and food allergies, 
in my practice, I don't do a large amount of food sensitivity or food allergy testing. I will occasionally do that, and then we'll generally reintroduce things like eggs individually because they are wonderful food for many people, although not everyone can tolerate eggs. We'll reintroduce things like shellfish that may be off the list just during the first month because they're nutrient dense. You know, our friend Dr. Terry Walls refers to them as equivalent to eating organ meat for yes. their nutrient density. So there are some things that are traditionally removed during the first month, but this is an empirical elimination diet. And in my experience, it does work for most people. Now, I know there are practitioners who order lots of food sensitivity tests or food allergy tests, and that hopefully does work for them. It's been my experience that different companies tend to yield different results mm -hmm. and some of them can be conflicting. So I don't find it as meaningful and as constructive as the empirical approach. Yeah, that's that's really an important point too. So if we move away from food and we think about other factors, I know that you prioritize looking at the microbiome. You're looking at not just methylation, but toxic exposures, heavy metals, infections, mold, virus, and detoxification pathways overall. Is there one place in all of what I just said that you're primarily looking to for addressing memory issues? Absolutely. You know, what I would say with a lot of these, this matrix that you use and IFM uses, that's so important. And it's a great way to understand how disease happens, how illness happens. It's an ecosystem and yes. the parts are really not individual, the parts really are influenced by one another. So when we start to talk about that microbiome, we aren't in fact just going back and talking about food because we know that other factors of course influence the microbiome as well. So we always have to take that holistic approach. But I would say in terms of being very targeted and bearing in mind that the population I'm treating are generally older adults. They're postmenopausal women and there are men who in general may be having a decline in testosterone levels, for example, as they get older. And for women who have go gone through menopause, there is no functional medicine, no lifestyle-oriented approach that's going to make their estrogen and progesterone and their testosterone return to optimal levels. It's just not going to happen. That's biology. So I am very interested in the role that hormones play in the brain, mm -hmm. and we do take care of that as part of the overall plan of treatment. So when you say that, you mean you're looking at and are you testing hormones and looking at bioidentical hormone therapy as part of the memory treatment? 100%. Love we it. do test everyone and we do replace and we use creams. In some cases, I do use some compounded oral uh, uh, estradiol and progesterone and we do some pellet therapy in our clinic as well using a, a commercial pellet product. So outcomes, what kind of outcomes are you seeing in your clinic based on this whole functional approach to cognitive decline? 
So we use the Montreal Cognitive Assessment as our main measure to track our patients from that viewpoint, the, what's called the MOCA. And we can see some pretty dramatic improvements. It, for those who might not be familiar with the MOCA, this is a 30-point test. That's the maximum score a person can get. And a normal score would be between 26 and 30. Now, generally, the average score for newly diagnosed Alzheimer's disease from a clinical perspective is about 16.2, although now we can measure biomarkers in the spinal fluid and know that, in fact, even when a person has very mild impairment, they actually have underlying Alzheimer's disease from a biomarker perspective. Now, we see patients with Alzheimer's and other forms of cognitive impairment. So I just want to pause and remind listeners that there is a differential diagnosis and not everyone with memory loss has Alzheimer's. So we have to be very, very careful and make sure that the correct diagnosis has been identified before we even dive into the functional medicine approach. But that being said, those who tend to be most successful from a functional medicine approach have mild to moderate impairment. Those who are profoundly impaired, for example, have a MOCA in the single digits, mm. they are not going to complete my comprehensive functional medicine program called Brain Tune-Up and end up with a MOCA of 26. That's just not realistic. Now, they may go up two or three points, and what is most noticeable in those cases is that the caregiver says the person's much more comfortable, happy, interactive. In fact, they do remember more things just on a day-to-day -day basis. Had a patient's family contact me recently, and they, you know, this isn't a cure for Alzheimer's, but it dramatically improves function and quality of life. They really do flatten that descent, uh, and in some cases reverse that descent. So we'll see seven or eight or nine point improvements on the MOCA, you know, a 16 to a 24 or 25 would not necessarily be unusual in some cases. That family contacted me and said, thank you. With your help, we feel very strongly that we got at least another year and a half to two years with our mother of really good quality time. So even when the MOCA is low and it doesn't improve a lot, patients improve in other ways. Dr. Charlin, thank you so much for the work you're doing and for sharing it with us today. I really feel like we're just getting started. I want to continue to pick your brain and I'm probably going to ask you to come back and join us sometime. Thank you again for your time and again, the work you're doing. Thank you so much too. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll drop into your inbox with a really short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us anytime, day or night at ask at 15minutematrix.com. <laughs>